If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Welcome. What is this place? Never, never happened. We're going to bring ghosts from all over the world. Join us. The children are screaming. And we guarantee them creaking doors and creaking floors. Be sure to bring your death certificate. Take your pixie out of your pockets, Neverlanders. Sprinkle some of that pixie dust around. Think up that happiest spooky thought. And let's fly away to Neverland. This, of course, is our last show before halloween now normally i know you're probably thinking october and years past we've done big themed months you know for halloween and had some spooky kind of fun haven't really done it so much this month but we're gonna have some fun this week and i know this is gonna be kind of late getting to you i've actually had even more crazy stuff when i previously recorded the first like 25 seconds of this podcast my computer suddenly stopped i mean just dead Stop. Complete death. No particular reason. Couldn't get it to turn back on. So actually today I ran to Best Buy with the computer because I still couldn't get it to turn on. They plugged it in, started right up. And I have people on Facebook who are, you know, tell me, oh, I, it sounds like your power supply might be going and people trying to help and message you, oh, it sounds like the power supply. But usually the power supply will let you know there'll be some warnings before it's going. Uh, well, I got no warnings of a power supply. It just flat out stopped. And I don't know what made it stop. I don't know if I bumped something, something came unplugged a little bit or something. I don't think I did, but they plugged it in, it's back, and now I'm back, and I've started this up and uh, started recording all over again. So, (laughs) here we go. Now, of course, normally how we'd start the show, we uh, might get into a little bit of a chatter, and I do just want to share a couple of things that, if you happen to be following YouTube now, of course, on YouTube, there's two channels that are Neverland to Disney and beyond. One is, uh, it's got more subscribers, it's got more videos. It's more of my um, major, you know, I started one separate from my personal account, and that's where you can find most stuff. Uh, there's also, uh, I, I have a branded account away from my personal account that is also labeled Neverland to Disney and beyond. And I think some videos are also getting posted there. In fact, the podcast itself is being created as videos and being posted over there by Libsyn. They're not really putting an image up or anything, but the video's there. And you're just going to look at a blank screen. So it's really not meant to be watched anyway. It's meant to just be listening to. But, you know, if you want to happen to pull it up on YouTube, that's great. That's awesome. And maybe you're listening to YouTube right now, to which I'll say, hey, make sure you go to NeverlandPodcast.com, visit the site, and find a way to, of course, subscribe on iTunes or... I think, or just everywhere. I can't even list all the different places that you can find us. But anyways, so on there, I played through the remake of Resident Evil. Now, you know, typically we don't do uh, a rough kind of game like that, but I've noticed, like, uh, my PlayStation was actually hooked to that YouTube account. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to go, because I figured I would live stream, and I live live stream twice through, with once with Jill and one with Chris. Uh, there is only one one or two instances, I think, of language with Jill, but for the most part, not really language, but, you know, it's definitely kind of a different thing for us, because, you know, I'm very friendly, friendly show, but if you want to go and watch that, you know, if you've never played it, you know, go check it out. 
Okay, so also though, what has I what has I been watching? Yeah, you know, what have I been watching on Disney Plus? What have you been watching? Uh, I have gone through and watched the entire first season of The Mandalorian again, and I'm sure many of you are doing the same thing. So I noticed some things that I kind of was thinking about this time. So I, it's apparently it's a very big deal. The helmet is not supposed to ever come off, except for like if, if you eat something or. Hopefully a shower of some sort. <laughs> Otherwise, that armor's got to stink. Woo! Especially inside that helmet. Wow. So, if you're not supposed to take off the helmet, has that changed? Because Jango Fett, I recall him not wearing his armor or his helmet. We saw him without the helmet. A lot. So what changed? Was Jango Fett kind of rebelling against things a little bit? Which could lead to the other question. Boa Fett. His son slash clone. Now, in the Mandalorian series, you kind of get the impression that the Mandalorians, this tribe, they have no love for the Empire because the Empire's what kind of uh, had the massacre on Mandalore and stuff like that. So, why did Boba Fett ever agree to do any work for the Empire? Now, granted, he was after Han Solo for Jabba, but how did he end up working with the Empire then as well? You would think he would have serious issues with that. So there is some some unanswered questions there with the Fets. And I hope we get some of those answered. I hope they were paying attention to that. Because I that, that that makes me wonder. I have to I have to question that. Did anybody else notice this? Let me know. Send us an email here, podcast at neverlandpodcast.com. Uh, also, I have some uh, scary games that I have not started playing. Some of them I have. Uh, I, I'm not quite streaming things, but uh, I... I was going to play Horizon Zero Dawn, and I've been, I was playing it, but then I get in October and I start wanting to play Resident Evil games, so I'm playing through Resident Evil 4 right now, but I saw some interesting videos this week. Now, Among Us, I am playing Among Us on Steam, um, and I, golly, I don't know, I think if you look for the spider pane, you can find me on Steam, and you can find me on there, maybe we can play Among Us sometime, who knows. Uh, I also have the Discord server. Uh, I believe that link is in the show notes, and so you can join the Discord server. I need to make that more active, but, you know, who knows? On Discord, maybe we can play some Among Us. Among Us is pretty fun. Now, what I've seen is some people playing hide... What They're, they're calling it hide-and-seek. That almost turns it into a horror movie. So Among Us, typically you have at least one imposter on this spaceship or base or whatever. Everybody's got tasks and a job to do, and this imposter is either going to sabotage or murder people and try to get away with it, and then with that, and then you call meetings or somebody reports finding a body. You try to figure out who that imposter is and chuck them out the ship or into a lava, depending upon if you're on a base or that kind of thing. So that's how normally the game goes, and it's pretty fun. Now, what I saw this video, uh, this was, uh, I believe, the uh, outside X- Xbox or... Yeah, I think outside Xbox. There's a they connected with some other European gaming channels, and they were playing a hide and seek game on Among Us. So what they did is, since they were all communicating on Discord, they went ahead and whoever is the imposter just said, "Yep, that's me." They went and announced it. They did. They were never going to have a meeting. No one was going to report a body, so the imposter was never going to get chucked out. So what they were doing, and they limited the uh, imposter's visibility, so they couldn't see very far. And so they did a few other tweaks, but then everybody was trying to run and complete their task. And even after you're killed, your ghost can still complete tasks. So there's a limited amount of time 
uh, for everything to happen. But now the imposter can just go on willy-nilly killing everybody that they can't, basically tag, you know, but killing anybody they can find uh, while everybody is just trying to do the task. And it, apparently it was very frightening for everybody who was just trying to do tasks because they never knew whether an imposter was going to come and show up and find them. And of course, this runaway, they said it felt more like a horror movie. So if you happen to be playing Among Us and you have some friends to play with and can set up a private server, set up some rules, kind of limit the... Uh, the visibility of the of the imposter, maybe bring that cooldown count to where they can kill more often, that kind of thing, and try playing that. I'd kind of like to do that. I need to get some people to play Among Us with me and, and do that. Other things I've been seeing is a game called Phasmophobia, which uh, I'm thinking about downloading and checking it out. I've watched some video. It's still, I guess, in testing phases, but they uh, it is available for play, and I guess new updates will be coming all the time. But Phasmophobia, you and three friends, or three other random people, I guess, uh, for a team of four, you go and you can take various equipment and you kind of ghost hunt inside of a house or an old school or an asylum or whatever location. Uh, and you try to achieve some objectives for money and get out alive because the ghost will become angry as it goes along and eventually will kill your people. So, But it's been very intense with a lot of people playing because very spooky things happen. You got the temperature drops and EMF thing and all this kind of fun stuff that I really think would be fun if it was tied into a, a Ghostbusters theme, you know, of... You know, the paranormal investigations and then eliminations. So you'd have to go and investigate, try to figure out what the ghost is. That'd be, that could be very ghostbustery if done right with the right licensing doing this style of game. Uh, but I've been finding some videos on that one. I think that's been quite fun. So if you're looking for some scary fun, and I know I'm getting this video out, or this video, sorry, this podcast out late in the week uh, for doing anything for, you know, the holiday that's okay. Have some fun with it. Find some fun games to play. Uh, break out your Haunted Mansion life game, or I like to call it Afterlife. Uh, I plan on breaking it out, and maybe we'll have some people over Saturday to play that game. Things have been a little off around here. We haven't gotten to do a lot of things that I wanted to do. I actually had to buy a new car battery, and yeah, life has been kind of crazy around here, and, and money's tight for a lot of people during this whole COVID thing. But at least I am working to some degree. I'm just not making as much as I used to. But anyways, enough about that. I'm not here to complain. Uh, but there are some things with Disney that, uh, yeah, we would fuss about. And that, I guess, will be something in the news. the Disney and Geek Universe to bring you the best in comics, toys, movies, and entertainment. This is news from around Neverland. Alright, now, from the Disney Parks blog, oh, and I'm waiting for this thing to pull out this article I found, so downtown Disney District at Disneyland Resort is, has been open over there, even though Disneyland has still not been open, and there's been massive layoffs, uh, partly in connection with it, but they're going to extend the, what's opening along Buena Vista Street, part of Disney's California Adventure, so you can go and shop there, but you can't really go into the park regular. So, Elias and Company is open, Julius Katz and Sons is open, and they're they're going for like a holiday decor, and they're trying to sell some holiday items, that sort of a thing. Uh, so they're trying to get some at least some some income going to some of the stores, uh, and I guess some some uh, not only shopping but dining experiences along Buena Vista Street will be accessible from downtown Disney. And although, like I said, Disney California Adventure Park is still actually closed, but it is nice at least you get a little something. 
Now, Walt Disney World, we have a little bit of, I guess, good news because they are extending the park hours from December 20th to December 30th. Uh, there will be, after that, a reduction and perhaps even more of a reduction than they're currently reduced at right now. Now, I have seen some videos, even Adam the Woo has noticed that the park is still pretty crowded in Walt Disney World. The parks are crowded, although they are still limiting the hours, limiting the amount of people coming in. So they're still able to bring in, in uh, some people. However, uh, we have heard that Walt Disney World will be releasing, uh, golly, like the hoop de doo review, uh, the Lion King show, and Animal Kingdom. A lot of people are being cut, and I'm hoping eventually they are going to be brought back as life is going to return to normal. That's what we're hoping for. Uh, but anyways, so Magic Kingdom will be open from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. daily. Epcot will be open 10 a.m. to 9 p.m., two hours earlier than the standard 12 p.m. opening. Both Disney Hollywood Studios and the Animal Kingdom will be opening one hour earlier uh, from 9 a.m. to 8 a.m., uh, and the Animal Kingdom will be open from 7 to 7. So there's also going to be some extended hours in November, uh, the 6th through the 8th, the 13th through the 15th, and the 20th and the 21st. Basically, I think that's you know weekends, as I said. And both Animal Kingdom and Epcot, so they're going to close an hour later at 10 p.m. And also closing uh, the Animal Kingdom at 7 p.m. on these days. But I, like I have heard, when the uh, extended hours are over, they're going to actually reduce a little bit more coming January. Uh, one other neat thing that's going on with Walt Disney World is uh, they've been working with Make-A-Wish for 40 years. And so they've got a few global products that they're going to have out there, including some hats, some ears, and, of all things, a mask. Because that's kind of the way the world is. The only thing is with the mask is, like, you know, when this is all over, you're not going to want to wear it anymore. I, I mean, I'm, when this is over, I'm not, I'm not going to want to wear my mask. So I haven't really spent a lot of money on, on masks. I'm wearing the one I have for work. But it's, you know, little handbags, though, will be available. Little Crocs, shoes, T-shirts, and everything. And all this money, by the way, for all these sales is going to the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Make-A-Wish Foundation, if you didn't know, uh, they get terminally ill children and have a life-changing wish come for their critical illness. Uh, well, basically something in their life. You know, They have a critical illness, and a lot of these kids wish to come to a Disney park. Of course you would. I would. <laughs> you know, there might be other things I would think of, but you know, I'm not a kid, so if I get terminally ill, I don't think anyone's going to do this for me. But you know, uh, so it's a very neat thing. The Disney Parks blog has a nice little uh, some photos of some of the merchandise if you go and check it out. And the neat things going on at Walt Disney World. I've seen a lot of reports of this, and you may have seen this. A white rhino has been born over in the Animal Kingdom. Now, these are, I guess, considered, in some fashions, rare. I don't know if they're full-on endangered. They probably are. Uh, but this is also, you know, there's been giraffes been born here, some other zoos. But uh, the uh, this rhino, they have determined is male. It was born to Kendi, which was one of the first white rhinoceros born in the Animal King the Kingdom theme park back in 1999. It was a 16th-month-long pregnancy. Wow. Uh, Sun apparently, though, is doing well. They have not named this little rhino. There are pictures all over the internet. Uh, it's adorable. It's 150 pounds when he was born. Imagine being 150 pounds when you are born. So a little white rhino. And you know, I one time at a zoo, I asked the difference between a white rhino and a black rhino. And now I cannot remember what the difference is. I think it has something to do with their horns. Uh, but there's something you can Google. I'm probably going to have to do that myself because I really can't remember. Uh, now, one thing that also is changing over at Walt Disney World, and I've got a, a, a wild question I'm going to throw out there. Okay, so we know they've repainted the castle. 
Well, now they've shown the design for, you know, the the entrances to the Walt Disney World Resort when you're driving along. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure what interstate it was because I was riding on a bus. But there's an entryway you go into the resort area. Uh, well, it's going to get an, a new paint job to kind of match the color scheme of the castle. Now, my question becomes, I mean, I really, I think this, this gate does look great, but... How much is that cost? I, I mean, I guess I already set the money aside to do this, but I, boy, I would really hope that they could use this money to keep some employees for a while instead of, you know, all the ones being laid off. But I don't know. That's maybe, I, you know, I'm I'm no business person. I don't know how business works over there. I don't know what all has went on behind the decisions or anything like that. But that's just one of the things that I kind of end up wondering about. And I bet you have to. Now we have some other outside of Disney news. Princess Bride will have some toys made by McFarland Toys. We expect these around 2021. I expect you'll see most of the major characters, maybe some alternate outfits. Uh, you know, we might have Farm Boy Wesley, and we might have Dread Pirate Roberts Wesley. Maybe the mask will even come off. Who knows? McFarland Toys, though, this is, of course, owned by Todd McFarlane. They make a lot of really neat toys. I mean, this is a guy who created Spawn. He drew a Spider-Man comic for a long time. I mean, a very talented guy, and now you know, he's got a company that makes all kinds of really neat toys, but a Princess Bride toy line coming for 2021, and I'm pretty sure this is going to be aimed at us collectors. Another thing that will be out there available for you is a Ghostbusters sneaker coming from Reebok. Uh, now, let me double check to see exactly when this is expected. I found this over on JoeBlow.com. And uh, it's, they said it's around time for Halloween, so you might be able to find these shoes now. These are pretty neat. They got kind of the basic um, canvasy color, I guess would be the right thing, like a canvas color uh, to match the Ghostbusters uniform. And uh, you can see uh, on the side uh, it has the Reebok label, but it looks like a like a name patch. I guess would be a, a patch, yeah, like a patch. Uh, the, in the Ghostbuster style, has the Ghostbuster symbol on the tongue of the shoe. Uh, the bottom kind of looks like you stepped in some slime. So a lot of neat stuff, and there's some different designs. Uh, you know, some that kind of look. These would be these are, must be more of the kids style because they have like some like cables and wires. It looks like kind of coming out of the back, uh, and it looks like it might even is that a pump in the back? It's hard to tell what I'm looking at in the photos. Yeah, I believe this is a pump. I didn't know they still did such a thing. So, yes, these shoes are uh, supposed to have been available around Halloween, so you can probably find them now. And also, while I was looking around on these articles, it does mention that, yes, uh, the Ghostbusters sequel, the third in the series, Afterlife, has been moved to around June 11th, 2021. That is the current plan. Hopefully nothing's going to change to push that back any farther. Also, we got a quick look, and some of you may have seen this on the Facebook page for Neverland to Disney and Beyond. I have a group and a page that you can like, and I try to post on both of them as best I can. Now, we had heard, oh, I guess earlier this year, that Tom Holland had been cast as a young Nathan Drake in an Uncharted film. Well, we got to see a photo of him in costume, and I got to say, the uh, costume looks pretty good. So, I, you know, I'm... I'm, I'm just waiting to see when we get a good look at things and everything. This should be a fun film. Uh, I don't know if they can live up to the games as much, you know, as the games are, are fantastic and Indiana Jones things. I didn't know if uh, Tom Holland was what I was thinking of when they were casting, but I guess since they were aiming young, you know, if we go older, Nathan Fillion's already shown that he'd be an awesome Nathan Drake. But the costume, it does look very, very good. 
And I think I even saw, um, like, Mark Wahlberg. They've got a mustache on him. He's going to be playing Sully. Uh, that you know, that might work as well. So, yeah, this, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic. I'll just say that. I am optimistic. And, you know, I hope that this does turn out pretty good. Something else that may turn out interesting is Tim Burton is looking to create a, a new live-action television series of The Addams Family. And now he's in a negotiation. He's talking to his producers. Uh, he's working with Alfred Goff and Miles Miller from Smallville as some writers. Uh, now, we don't have anything really set that this is happening, but he's working on it. I have a feeling it'll probably they'll be, find a way to make it work. So I have a feeling this will come, and we'll be able to check it out. Uh, now, uh, Tim Burton, I think you know he will. I think he will definitely have an interesting vision of the Adams family. Uh, you know, he's got kind of a darker tone of things. You know, his, his vision of creating things is, I think, probably right up the the alley to even match similar to the the classic films with Raul Julia and Angelica Houston. Uh, I think he could fit right into that tone and style. So. Uh, I'm curious how that works. I think it, you know, Tim Burton does like to also bring some humor. Of course, it doesn't look like he's writing, but uh, with him producing on it and working on it, it will have his style. So like The Nightmare Before Christmas, he didn't actually direct that, but definitely had all of his style in there. Now, uh, I have seen some stuff. The Spider-Man Miles Morales game. I learned a little bit about that. That's coming very soon. The PS5 is coming out in November. I forgot exactly when that is. I've been seeing more and more videos about that. Uh, It's going to be a while before I'm able to pick it up. I have heard that you can uh, bring your PS4 games over into the PS5 and possibly for a bit of a fee. You can buy upgraded versions, I guess, of your games to, to a PS5 version. Uh, that'd be totally up to you. I think I'm going to keep both systems and not really have to worry about updating things to the PS5. I'll just buy new games for the PS5 if that's the case. I and mean, if I have to pay for something, I ain't going to do it. But if I can just bring it over, uh, and it is possible with some games that the save files might be able to translate over from your PS4 to your PS5. But anyways, the Spider-Man Miles Morales game was coming out with the PS5. Uh, also will be available on PS4. I learned a little bit. You will be seeing Rhino in a kind of, I guess, near the opening. Uh, a major villain, though, will be the Tinkerer, although there's a slightly changed version of Tinkerer. They're younger, they're more of a threat, have more of a team. Uh, so we don't know what all's going on with the Tinkerer. We don't really want to know until the game comes out. We also did find out that what's going to happen is so Peter has been working with Miles and teaching them. They've been kind of partners in a team. Uh, then Peter's going to go away on, an, on a photo assignment with the Daily Bugle with MJ. So he's back to doing his photography at the Daily Bugle since, you know, his scientist job kind of went away. So that's interesting. Um, So they'll be off, and so it'll be up to Miles to kind of uh, take the role of being the only Spider-Man in New York. And uh, the developers have said they try to give Miles his own style, which is good. That's why I was was even telling my wife, I really want to see Miles set himself apart from Peter on the way he swings. And right now, though, the way he swings is a little bit clumsy comparatively because he's still new. And, you know, his fighting style is going to be a little different and everything, which is awesome because I wanted to see him kind of be his own Spider-Man. But I think he needs a different name instead of being, especially if there's two of them at the same time, he needs to have a different name, you know. So it's going to be weird that he's also Spider-Man. So what are they going to call him? Spider-Man 2? Spider-Man Jr.? I don't know. I'm not sure what that's up. Or what's up with that? Uh, other weird things I saw and found out about this week is the Muppet Babies reboot has actually got a lawsuit from the uh, from Jeffrey Scott, who's a TV screenwriter. He's responsible for a lot of 80s cartoons like Spider-Man, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling. Uh, and also, he, he kind of 
created the show of Muppet Babies for the 1980s. And he says there, other than there's like a completely new character within the new Muppet Babies, uh, he basically call, he calls it a copyright infringement, a breach of contract stemming from his 80s deal, breach of implied contract arising from alleged agreement for compensation for his recent idea submissions, and fraud. Uh, he's being represented by a couple of attorneys, Howard King and Stephen Rothschild. Uh, but he, I, I guess he said that he owns the copyright to that, and uh, apparently he hasn't gotten to go along with the new show completely. I'm not sure all the details on this. I don't really want to get into every single detail of this, but Disney, of course, is going to be lawyered up. Uh, I have a feeling, though, if he's got an actual decent claim, they'll probably try to settle something. Because, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of an intellectual property thing. And, yeah, I guess he had, like, an oral contract. And uh, so he had some unsigned agreements, but um, I don't know. I guess he's not really getting a credit uh, for the new show so much. And he feels like he should probably have one because he did create the concept and Nanny was one of his characters. So, yeah, I, I think he's, he might have a point. You know, there's a lot of stuff with copyright. So it'll be interesting, I guess, to see how that's going to play out. But one more a little bit of fun. Mattel has shown video of a little, uh, well, I guess we'll call it Baby Yoda. It's the child. It is a remote control. It's got a thing on your wrist. You can remote control, and he can waddle around the house. They show him walking on hardwood floors. Well, conveniently, I have hardwood floors, but I also have two cats that would knock little Yoda over, uh, or child over, whatever you want to call him. But this is really, really neat. Now that we've gotten to see just a little bit of video and getting to see what Mattel has developed. It's supposed to be available this fall. And it's called Real Moves Plush. I don't know why they're calling it plush. Uh, it stands 11 inches tall. It's going to retail for about $70. And he's only a little bit smaller than the, the puppet and animatronic figure being used right now in The Mandalorian. But it's super cute, and I definitely want to check it out. Now, it's time for Animaniacs. Yeah, because we got to go to the trailer park and talk about that. The Neverland Trailer Park. Hello. Reboots are symptomatic of a fundamental lack of originality in Hollywood. Have you no shame? Here's your check for the Animaniacs reboot, you sellouts. It's time for Animaniacs. You should see our new contracts. All right, guys, there's a lot of pressure on our first lines. Wait, don't. Make sure it's good first. Maybe something reminiscent of the first season? 22 years later, and I'm still a knockout. I've tried online dating, but I keep getting catfished. How do I know she's even real? This tablet contains the sum of all human knowledge. All human knowledge in one easy-to-swallow tablet? <laughs> Quantum mechanics, quinoa wraps, Queen Bay. We've missed so much. Oh, sounds like an odyssey. My sandwich! Just where I left it. Yakko, turn on the black light. Nothing unusual there. Gee, Brian, what do you want to do tonight? The same thing we do every night, Pinky. Try to take over the world. No. 
and the Pegasus. I come bearing horrible tidings of war from the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Less talky, more flappy. The adoration pours in. Nerf! So, uh, I was excited to find this trailer. I mean, we heard that uh, Hulu would be getting an Animaniacs series. They were bringing it back. Uh, I want to say it's been two years. It seems like such a long time ago that we heard that they were going to try to do this. And now we finally get a good look. Uh, it, it very much it feels like they've captured some of the old show. But also modernized it because we see uh, Brain trying to get likes on a YouTube video, uh, a tablet, and of course, you know, Yakko not understanding the tablet, you know, so they haven't been around the technology. So I, I think they're going to deal with the fact that they have been gone for like over 20 years. I mean, uh, well, let's see, let's see how long. Well, that's, I remember it was running when I was in high school. I, mean, I don't remember how many years the show ran, but it's been over 20 years. Uh, since that show has been on TV. And you can, though, watch the old show, I believe, on Hulu right now. I might have to go watch some. I have, haven't got much time for TV, but I think I might go have to take a look. But so this new series, uh, you can tell. I mean, they, they did some hand-drawn, but it's been hand-drawn through a computer. And so it looks computer-animated to its degree of, you can tell it's drawn, so it's not three-dimensional. It's still 2D. But you can tell computers were used this time. The humor is definitely there. The one thing that I see, uh, they definitely modernized. I remember, like, before they would uh, they even had in the, the the opening lyrics of Bill Clinton playing a sax, you know, so they did occasionally joke on modern things, had a, even, you know, Michael Keaton show up as Batman, you know, stuff like that. You know, they would goof on a lot of modern stuff and celebrities. And there's clearly a Cyclops that looks to be a one-eyed Donald Trump. Uh, he's kind of orange, kind of with blondish hair. I'm like, yep, that's Donald Donald Trump, the Cyclops. And we even have the joke of Dot saying never mansplainy in the the credits there. I'm like, oh boy, I hope they're going to make fun of that because I find that to be one of those weirdly comical things that's in our society is mansplaining, which I don't even understand that. But if some woman told me, she might be womansplaining to try to explain it to me, I guess. Or would that be if I've had some people... Uh, that would tell me, you know, stuff that I already know. Like, they're trying to explain something to me, and I'm like, I, I know that, you know. Would that be, if a woman does that, would that be woman-splaining? I don't know. Uh, so I hope they are making fun of that, because that's kind of what the Animaniacs do. They kind of make fun of a lot of things, and then they hit each other, and uh, other people with hammers, apparently. But this week, we also got a oh, fantastic look at Raya and the Last Dragon. <laughs>
life, I trained to become a guardian of the Dragon Gem. But this world has changed. And its people are divided. Now, to restore peace, I must find the last dragon. My name is Raya. You're getting a little too big for this, bud. Now, without the visuals, I don't know how much it really conveys with just hearing that audio, but wow, I'm excited. This looks really cool. Of course, you got a cute little... Well, he's a furry pill bug or some sort. So you got the fun little cute character going on in there, but oh, looks like some great fun and adventurous stuff. And I mean, this was just a tease, but I'm pretty excited for this. So we were supposed to actually have it this November, but it has been pushed into next year. And right now, I believe we're looking at March. Hopefully that hasn't changed. And hopefully it's going to be out in theaters and not pushed straight to Disney+. Plus. I want to go to a movie theater. I haven't got, well, I've gotten to go to a drive-in over the summer to go see Bill and Ted, but I haven't really gotten to go out to a movie theater in such a long time, and I really feel the need to get out to a movie theater. I want to support some local theaters. I want to get movies back in the theaters. I really want the world to open back up. All right, but there's what we have for the trailer park. You know, there wasn't a whole lot to say about Ryan and the Last Dragon, other than it looks exciting and <laughs> looks very cool. Uh, but let's go and talk about a couple of uh, television and movie reviews. There'll be spectacle, there'll be fantasy, there'll be daring do and stuff like you would never see. Maybe a movie. Yeah, we're gonna be a movie. Starring everybody and me. Boy, I wish I were you people seeing this for the first time. Kermit, I got a great picture of the chicken. Oh, good. Okay, yes, I know this sounder talks about a movie review, but the first thing I gotta mention, Let's Get Dangerous. So the DuckTales series, which I, I've only watched some of the first season, and it is pretty good. Uh, but they have been crossing over and finally landed a full Darkwing Duck episode. Now, his origin in uh, this DuckTales universe is different from the... Well, we didn't really get a full origin in the original DuckTales... Or original Darkwing Duck, sorry, um, series. Uh, so he's got kind of a different origin as having been an actor who was playing a character on TV who ended up doing it in real life or something. you know. So now he's Darkwing Duck, and he's in St. Canard... And basically, we found a way to have a bunch of villains could be pulled out of fictional universe because a fictional universe exists because a somewhere in the multiverse that universe really does exist. It's kind of the, the excuse to where they bring some Darkwing Duck villains in, and I did enjoy this. I mean, this was fun. There was some stuff that I you know having you know because this new Ducktales is very it's kind of serialized where it is a continuing storyline going on through the episodes instead of just standalone episodes like it was in the past. And so I was a little lost on some things. I didn't know everything that's going on, but uh, it was still possible to just step in and watch. It was an hour long, so I'm going to call it like feature length, you know, so it's movie. Uh, it was It's on YouTube right now. The Disney Now uh, app got it first, and then, of course, it premiered on Disney XD. I sat and watched this. I enjoyed it. I don't know if it's as, you know, as much fun as, you know, of course, it might be nostalgia. I don't know if it was as much fun as the classic Darkwing Duck. Uh, but it was still enjoyable, and they found a good reason for a launch pad of DuckTales to be the same launch pad in St. Canard. Uh, and even uh, Goslin's getting a bit more of a role of, she's more like Robin. Uh, so they seem to be focused on that angle. So I, I expect we're going to see more of Darkwing Duck. I don't know if they'll give him his own series at any point. 
Uh, maybe they will. I don't know. But I expect we are going to see more of that character if you're continuing to watch the new DuckTales series. Uh, but yeah, I'd say it was an enjoyable show. I, I would like to see when they come back around and maybe have Honker Muddlefoot come back around. Maybe the Muddlefoot family. Now, they're not bringing back the original voices, but that's okay. I mean, I would love to have the original voices back. But, you know, we, it's just nice to have the characters back. And it was definitely an enjoyable viewing. So if you haven't checked it out, uh, make sure you do. Now, the last thing I want to get into, uh, I believe I mentioned it earlier, that I sat and watched Mr. Boogity on Disney+. Plus. Now, I had actually never seen this before. Uh, I don't, like, Sunday nights, I didn't always get to watch the, uh, back in the 80s, we had, like, the Disney, it was not really a Sunday night uh, movie or anything, but, but, yeah, there was, like, a Disney Sunday movie, pretty much. Uh, so, I mean, you, sometimes you get movies, sometimes you get, like, a short thing, sometimes that you'd get, like, what would be... Oh, the pilot to would be a, a television show like I think there was one called Sidekicks with Ernie Reyes Jr. before he became a Ninja Turtle later and grew up and he's done a lot of stunts in Hollywood. Uh, some of you know who he is, but uh, some of you might be a note, but look him up. Um, but this was a short film from and it debuted in 1986. It was directed by Oscott. Scott. It was written, uh, sorry, I can't speak. It was written by Mac Michael Janover. Okay, I'm gonna slow down so I can speak. So this is the Davis family moving to New England and a city called Lucifer Falls. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the, you, as the story goes on, you start getting some backstory of where Mr. Boogity come from. And overall, and I don't want to spoil anything if you've never seen it, so I'm not going to tell you some backstory of Mr. Boogity, but overall, this was just silly. It was silly and fun, and you can sit and watch with your kids and just have a good time. I, I really enjoyed it. I, it cracked me up. It was pretty funny. So it's it's not like super intellectual humor, okay? This is just silly fun. Like my, my favorite joke was uh, the for sale sign out front of the house uh, said definitely not haunted or not or not really haunted. Sorry, yeah, the sign says not really haunted, which when you first see the sign, that part of the sign poof, falls down onto the grass. It breaks right off the sign. As uh, we start having an incidence inside the house, and uh, Sean Astin, or John Astin, sorry, not Sean Astin, John Astin, his father, you know, Gomez Adams from the original Adams Family is in this, and of course he's fun, he kind of steals the show a little bit, because because he's John Astin, but he tries to warn them to go oh, get out of this house, it is really haunted, and the, then we get to see that sign outside where it's fallen on the grass, and the knot of not really haunted burns away, to, and then the really haunted starts to glow. So it just says, really haunted. And instead of just saying, well, no, it's really haunted, it's like, really haunted. Know what I mean? <laughs> it's kind of the impression I got, and that cracked me up. That was just funny. Uh, but this I had a fun cast, uh, Ri Richard Mazur, which uh, when you see him, uh, you know, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look him up. I mean, he... Uh, he was in a lot of different things. I think he is still alive. Yeah, he's still going, and he's still considered active. But when you look at him, you're going to know that you have seen him in a lot of things. Uh, filmography. Let me see if I can find a few things that I'm going to recognize. Oh, he was in The Thing, the original thing. Uh, I didn't watch The Thing, but uh, oh, Risky Business. Uh, not something we're going to endorse on this podcast. <laughs> but I know I'd seen him in lots of My Science Project. That sounds familiar. Oh, our lessons of believers, Renikoff Walker, Bride of Boogity, which I, I've had recommendations. Don't bother watching Bride of Boogity. I might still watch it sometime. 
License to Drive. Yes. Uh, did anybody see that? I saw that in the movie theater because my mom was really excited about it. And then she was disappointed in it. Uh, License to Drive. Corey Feldman, Corey Haim movie about getting their life, failing to get it past the driver's test and then having a crazy uh, night out driving the car. But yeah, he played the father in that. That's where I think I mainly remember him from. But yeah, when you see his face, you're going to recognize him. Uh, my Girl, Encino Man, My Girl 2, he even shows up again. Multiplicity. Uh, wow, he's got, he's got a lot of film credits, and he's still going. But yeah, I recall seeing uh, Richard, I think it's Mazur is how you say his name, in a lot of stuff. Mimi Kennedy, didn't seem familiar. Benjamin Gregory, also known as Benji Gregory. Later, we'd see him on ALF, or I think this is probably about the same time as ALF. Because uh, he looked to be about the same age. Uh, David Faustino uh, played uh, one of the other brothers. Corwin, I believe, was his name. Uh, you will later find him on Married with Children. And uh, Catherine Kelly Lang is all listed on here. Uh, the thing is, I don't know why they're not mentioning who played the daughter, Jennifer. But that's Christy Swanson. It's listed down below, but it's not listed up high when I'm looking at this this uh, Wikipedia page to kind of get some extra information here. But yes... Christy Swanson. Now, I think she had done some other roles when she was younger, perhaps. Uh, I think I mainly remember her, of course, you know, The Phantom. That was a pretty good. I liked it. Right? The Phantom with um, oh, the, the bad guy from Titanic. <laughs> it was a pretty decent movie. Uh, I remember watching it. I, I took a date on there and we watched The Phantom. It was, I liked it. Uh, oh, but she was on Hot Shots, the program, the chase, eight heads in a duffel bag. Didn't see that one. Big Daddy, dude wears a car, pretty in pink. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. She's popped up in a lot of things at the time. Uh, I think I remember her best probably for being the original Buffy Summers in the Buffy the Vampire Slayer film before there was a television show. But uh, from the filmography, I'm finding Mr. Boogity seems to have been her first role. Uh, then she was a duckette in Pretty in Pink, and then it goes on from there. Flowers in the Attic. Yeah, I actually remember watching that. Uh, that that film adaptation. That was oh, that I guess it was I don't know if it was wa- worth watching the once, but I remember it was very disturbing. It was a very popular book. Uh, young, I don't know if you call it young adult, but I know like in you know fifth grade and middle school, uh, a lot of the girls were reading Flowers in the Attic. It's a very uh, disturbing type movie. Oh, Mannequin too. I forgot. Yes, she was the second mannequin. Uh, that movie is nowhere near as good as the original. And the first one, if you, when I watch it again, it's not as good as I remember it. I remember I watched it a lot uh, when I was younger. Uh, but yeah, she's got a long list of credits that she's done since then. I did even make a post on Twitter to say that, that I was going to... I mentioned that on this week's show we were going to talk about Mr. Boogity uh, starring the great Christy Swanson, the original Vampire Slayer, and how cool would it be if she came on the podcast? And I dropped it in there. I name-dropped her. I haven't looked to see if she has replied. I don't pay much attention to my Twitter. Maybe I should. <laughs> but if she replies, if she wants to come on the show, believe me, she'll be on the show. I will definitely make that happen. Uh, but yeah, I definitely recommend Mr. Boogity. I really had a good time watching it. It was silly. It was fun. Uh, I don't know that I'd call it scary. Maybe for young kids. If, if young kids find the Haunted Mansion scary, they might find some of this movie a little scary. Uh, but I thought it was just fun uh, and just silly. Um, and I might go ahead and watch Bride of Boogity, although I have, I think, uh, Lost Boy Philip, I think is one of the ones that told me that it was not nowhere near as good as the original and it's not as much fun. Uh, But I might check it out just because... I mean, I got a lot of of other things to watch uh, before Saturday. Of course, some of you might be hearing this on Saturday. Uh, But that would include... I'm thinking about, you know, 
rewatching the third season of Stranger Things because we do have a fourth season coming and it should be coming up pretty quick. So I kind of started to watch that. My wife never watched the third season and she kind of is not interested. She thinks the kids have become little jerks. Uh, so she's not that interested in watching with me. But I might still go and watch Stranger Things season three one more time pretty quickly. Although I'm also trying to play Resident Evil 4, but I'm also trying to work. I got a lot of the other things to do. I have my... Uh, my unpaid radio show that I'm going to record after this. Uh, by the way, EternityRadioRadio.com. You can hear my other show on Saturdays at 3 o'clock, which I'm going to record right after I finish publishing this show. Maybe I'll record it right after because I can, I can insert a lot of music into it because it's a music show, so it's different. But anyways, that's going to wrap it up for everything I've got for you today. We probably would have more conversation if I wasn't on my own. Uh, I, I, You know what? We should have some fun content. So stay tuned. I'm going to pick something out to listen to. Guess what it'll probably be. I bet you're going to know exactly what it is as soon as you hear it, because what else am I going to play, right? This is your Neverland story time. You can listen along with your MP3 device. You will know it is time to listen when you hear the chime like this. Let's begin now. This is a Disneyland original little long playing record, and I am your story reader. I am going to begin now to read the story of The Haunted Mansion. You can read along with me in your book. You will know it is time to turn the page when Tinkerbell rings her little bells like this. Let's begin now. Have you ever been in a haunted mansion? I have, and I'd like to tell you about it. It was an old house, sitting all alone at the end of a dark street. There was a high iron fence around the property with a rusty, squeaky gate. The sidewalk leading to the porch was broken and overgrown with weeds. The wind was blowing the trees, and the branches made strange noises as they brushed against the house. I entered the open front door and was greeted by a ghostly voice. Good evening. Welcome to the haunted mansion. The voice seemed to be coming from the art gallery. Good evening. I said in a shaky voice. Do you mind my being here? Not at all, the voice replied. We have so few visitors. May I show you around? We, my ghost host voice and I, went into the art gallery. The paintings were very strange, they seemed to be stretching. In fact, the entire room was getting taller. The ceiling was going up and the floor was going down. A panel in the wall opened and I ran out of the gallery and into a corridor. Along one side of the corridor were windows. From them I could see the garden outside. It had begun to rain and thunder. When the lightning flashed, it changed the pictures on the opposite side of the corridor into weird shapes and ghostly creatures. At the far end of the hall, I could see a staircase leading to the second floor. 
I climbed the steps very slowly, not knowing what I would run into next. The air got colder, and I could hear the rain splashing against windows. I walked down the hall, and there in the conservatory was a coffin. Don't scream, the ghost host warned. You may wake up one of our guests. Come this way. Madame Leota is waiting for us. Madame Leota was a spirit. In fact, she was just a head in a crystal ball. She called to objects in the seance room, and they began to float around. There was a table, a lamp, a horn, a bell, and a drum all in the air at the same time. I could hear music from another room and went to investigate. I passed the strangest clock. It was a grandfather type, but it had 13 hours instead of 12. The music was coming from the grand hall. As I stood on the balcony and watched, I couldn't believe my eyes. It seemed to be someone's birthday, and the ghosts were having a wonderful time. Some ghosts were sitting at the dinner table, while others played on the chandelier overhead. Several ghosts danced to the haunting refrain played by a grinning organist. A thumping sound attracted my attention. It came from the unfinished attic. There in the darkened room stood a ghostly bride. Her heart glowed red with each beat. I turned to run out of the attic, but another image blocked my way. He was a large, cloaked figure whose head disappeared from his shoulders and appeared in a hat box he held in his hand. I climbed out of a window and onto a balcony, then down a tree and was greatly relieved to be out of that house. Now I had another problem. I was out of the house, but in the graveyard. I tried to get help from the caretaker, but he was more frightened than I. He and his dog just stood there shaking. Down the path I went. I passed a group of singing minstrels who paid no attention to me at all. A group of cats and a family of owls joined in spooky harmony. I passed a king and queen teetering on a gravestone and a hearse stuck in the mud. There were ghosts riding bicycles and a masked executioner singing a duet with a decapitated knight. Three hitchhikers stood on the side of the path. Beware, my friend, said the ghost host. They may try to follow you home. I ran the rest of the way down the path, through the crypt, and out the gate. At last, my venture was over. I was frightened, but intrigued. I'd like to visit that house again and unravel its mysteries. 
You are a bold and courageous person, afraid of nothing. High on a hilltop near your home, there stands a dilapidated old mansion. Some say the place is haunted, but you don't believe in such myths. One dark and stormy night, a light appears in the topmost window in the tower of the old house. You decide to investigate, and you never return. Once, as a child, you were frightened by a huge, snarling dog. Though the dog is called man's best friend by many, you have hated and feared dogs all your life. One night, as you lie in your lonely room in the stone hut on the moors, you are awakened by a sound in the distance.
Thank you for listening to the Neverland Podcast. We invite you back next week for more fun and adventure. Until then, remember to keep a pixie in your pocket. It's that young at heart, positive attitude that you can share with others. And remember to visit our website at NeverlandPodcast.com. There you can find links to our news page, our shop, our contact page, where you can easily send an email to podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. You can also find our Neverlanders page, where you can find out how to become an official lost boy or pixie, because girls are too clever to get lost. Become a real Neverlander! Please feel free to leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at NeverlandPCast. And like our Neverland Podcast fan page on Facebook. We also have a group on Facebook for you to join. We also appreciate your support to keep the Neverland Podcast up and running. Visit Patreon.com slash Neverland Podcast to donate to Keeping the Pixie Dust Alive. Copyright content featured on the Neverland podcast is copyright of their respective creators and used under fair use license. All original content is copyright of Blue Band Productions and a very special thanks to Yeehaw Bob Jackson at yeehawbob.com for our new ending music. God bless! Yeah! Hello everybody, this is Yeehaw Bob Jackson. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, it's true. Neverland Podcast.